Yehuda Amichai, an incredible Israeli poet, has a poem called The Eve of Rosh Hashanah, and I'm going to read part of the poem right now. The Eve of Rosh Hashanah, Erev Rosh Hashanah, at the house that is being built, a man makes a vow. Remember, this is the time that we're making vows. We'll be released from our vows from last year coming up, and it's kind of complicated. But this is the time of vows, New Year's resolutions. What is it that we are vowing to do? How are we going to fix parts of ourselves? How are we going to be soaring in the new year? Erev Rosh Hashanah, at the house that is being built, a man makes a vow not to do anything wrong in that house, only to love. Sins that were green last spring dried out over the summer, and now they are only whispering. What is a human? In the daytime, we untangle into words what during the night coils around us. What do we do to one another? A child to their parent, parent to their child. Whoever uses people as handles or as rungs of a ladder will soon find themselves hugging a stick of wood and wiping his tears with a potsherd. We are gathering again. And this is healing. And the teaching, brief, because what I really want tonight is to listen to some singing and to eat some dessert with you, is a teaching that has always stuck me my whole life. You may well know it. It's a rabbinic teaching, and it goes like this. When a natural calamity strikes a Jewish community, and people are gathering after the storm to find what there is to eat and where there is to sleep and what shelter they can take. And there is only a small ration, a small number of cushions and good soft blankets and pillows. Who do you decide should get the comfy blankets and the comfy pillows? And if people are walking in the mud but there are still a few carriages. Who gets to ride in the carriages as they move from difficulty to safety? And the rabbis answer, those who before the calamity were accustomed to their privilege. They were accustomed to the soft mattresses. They were accustomed to the soft, um, to the soft fabrics, to the pillows, and they were accustomed not to be walking in the mud. And this teaching has always bothered me, and I always hesitate to share it in Hebrew school. Sometimes when I'm desperate for a teaching and we have 10 minutes left, I share it, and I know they're all going to disagree with it. And isn't that what Hebrew school is, right? Where you share a great Jewish teaching, and they're like, yeah, it's totally wrong, and it's time for recess. So, but I think about it now in the period after the calamity that has struck all of us. Because while so much of the year, so much of Torah, so much of what we're doing as a Jewish community revolves around helping lift up the downtrodden, that's why we pray it three times a day and we think about it all the time and the Torah speaks so much of it. During the 10 days of awe, we are, in my opinion, required to see ourselves as the one who is downtrodden. Even those of us who experience great privilege, 
have a right to acknowledge, in fact, a requirement during these days to break our hearts open to God and to acknowledge where we suffer, where we hurt, where we are in need of mending. As Melville says in Moby Dick, we are all terribly cracked about the head and in need of mending. As I mentioned in the video that Deborah and I circulated, so many of you opened and and sent kind regards back to us. During the High Holy Days, and particularly on Yom Kippur, we're required to examine ourselves in a state of aninut, in a state of affliction, to help us become more anava, to help us to become greater in our humility. But there's no way to really know where we're supposed to change in our lives unless we know where we're hurt, where we're a little bit broken, what pieces of our vehicle we need to fix. And aninut, this term, is used in Jewish law to describe the period after someone has died, but before you bury them. And I usually translate it, it's on our website, as shock. I think many of us are still in a state of shock from the past two years. We've been holding up very brave faces. Some of us who go to work, we've been holding up the brave face that it's okay, we know it's short-staffed, we know yet again when we go, there are three people out and I just got my break, but now they're calling me back. Don't worry, I'm going to soldier on. This is what I dedicated my profession to. I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse. Actually, it could be anywhere. In families, don't worry, I know that you don't have the childcare you need. I'm going to come, I'm going to move there, I'm going to help take care of the kids. Don't worry about me, I'll be fine. People um, who have not been able to feel safe in going out and gathering with other people. And they say, don't worry about me, I'm doing fine, things are better than they used to be, and we put up the brave face. I think we're still in a state of shock. And what comes after shock? What comes after this period of affliction in the cycle of Jewish law? Shiva. And I think about what Shiva is. You don't ask, what's one of the rules of Shiva? We're teaching it to the kids now in the middle school here. You're not allowed to say to someone, how are you doing? Because everybody knows when you say, how are you doing, you don't mean it. And to ask someone who is afflicted, who's really wounded, who's really in shock, how they're doing, it's not fair. So what do you do? Well, you bring them food and you gather with them because being near them is so important. And if you feel there's a space for it, you sit next to them and you listen. You simply listen. Whatever they want to talk about, you listen. You don't rush in to share your experience. You wait until they're finished saying theirs. It's the greatest gift that we can give is our presence to hear each other's stories. And we've been missing that. And then it is your turn. You need to tell your stories And you need to find the people to gather with who will listen. 
I believe synagogue, this synagogue, can be a place for that exchange. I think this day, in many ways, is a beginning of a new year, of gathering to hear each other's stories, to give people a chance to be, to come out of the shock by saying, I'm not sure how I feel, as one would say to Shiva. I'm not sure how I feel, but this is what I'm feeling now. I'm not sure how to gather up the pieces of the timeline I've just lived and put it into words, but it's a little bit of this. Over this Rosh Hashanah, over these 10 days of awe, I invite you to explore the shock within you as your affliction. It's as effective as fasting. And to think about what have you been carrying that you haven't been able to say, that you haven't, you've been too brave to share. And how can you be the listener to others? Could you, as we were talking about earlier this year, maybe even just jump on Zoom on whatever the day of your birthday is in the month? It's my latest idea. I thought it was silly until someone told me they're doing it and they felt it was very rewarding. So if you were born on the 13th of September, that the 13th of October and November and December, jump on Zoom Minion or come in person if we're in person that day. And be the person, your role is there. It's like showing up at a Shiva house. You're showing up there to give the gift of your presence. And maybe if you're on the Zoom Shiva, you can say, you know, I don't come very much. I, I missed last month. But can you tell me who you're saying Kaddish for? And give the person a chance to share a story. Someone in the congregation told me this year, and I close with this. She said, when I was younger, my mother told me that I should be a therapist. And I said that was crazy because the last thing I wanted to do was sit around hearing other people's stories. Now that I'm older, I think, what is more rewarding? What is there better to do? What is there better to appreciate than listening to other people's stories? As we enter the new year, find the places in yourself that you're ready to sit down and share with others and give the gift of your presence. Where can you give the gift of your presence to others to listen to theirs?